My psychic senses are telling me that you are spiritually curious. I'm just kidding. If you found your way here, most likely <laughs> you are interested or curious about energy, the secrets of the universe, the magic of the unseen. There is a lot of conflicting information out there about how to tune into energy beings properly, how to build your intuition, how to cleanse things, yada, yada, yada. I know how overwhelming it can be, so I created a one-stop shop for all of your spiritually curious, psychic expansive self-care needs where you can build your own spiritual practice with guidance, tools, and a safe place to explore your curiosities and connect to your intuition. There's a ton of crash courses covering topics ranging from meeting your spirit guides to trans-channeling to manifesting. You get distance Reiki healings for a wide range of needs, such as moving through discomfort or support stepping into a new chapter or even help calling in creativity. Subscribers get 15% off all full-price services, a monthly group Zoom hangout where the weird is our normal. There are exclusive channeling videos, expansive conversations, guided meditations, movement meditations, weekly reflections, intuitive practices, this podcast, ad-free and as a video, and so much more. New content is uploaded every week, so there's constantly new stuff for you to learn from, digest, and various practices to keep you grounded in your body. And all of this, might I add is only $7 per month. So if you're ready to align to your best self and show up as your inner being, a priceless investment in yourself, you can head over to channelwithamber.com slash subscribe to give it a peek. I'll see you over there. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. Today we have my beautiful friend Joanna joining us for today's conversation. The main steering of this combo today is pretty much how we've come to find a balance between living life as a normal person in society, in corporate America, in whatever, and as a spiritual being. So how we've come to find balance, what that looks like for us. Um, we talk about how we've come to be aware of the little nuances in our bodies to create uh, effective change and all that good stuff. So I hope you enjoy definitely the first of many conversations to come. Here we go. So Joanna and I met in 2020 or early 2021 i'm not sure i had just put out a video on um youtube and a little clip on my instagram about this covid entity that i interacted with and she responded to the post on instagram and we've been friends ever since <laughs> if you've been with me for a while we used to put out a bunch of youtube videos together it's been a while so it was so nice to reunite and come out with some content together she's such a ah, she has so much knowledge and it's just she's such a good person to talk to she's such a good talker we can talk forever so we will definitely do more of these Founder of Coach by Design, Joanna is responsible for helping both men and women overcome emotional and physical triggers ranging inflammation and cramping to burnout and self-doubt. Joanna supports and empowers them to become healthy leaders in all aspects of their lives. As an intuitive coach, she is eager to empower change makers to tap into their full potential on their personal and professional development journey in order to live harmoniously within oneself and in all partnerships. Her practice includes in-depth and 
analysis of the physical and emotional states of her clients while utilizing revolutionary systems that combine science and ancient wisdom. Through this work, the mind-body dynamic is strengthened to help clients discover and enhance their unique life's purpose. If you would like to check her out, see what she's about, give her a follow. Her Instagram is at Joanna C. Rosenthal. And her website is joannacrosenthal.com. All of the links to that will be in the show notes. Here's Joanna. <laughs> All right, my friends. I guess yeah. we'll just jump right on in. So the conversation I would like to begin with is how you have come to find a balance between living spiritually and just living in America or society, even with your job, you know, it's very like corporate America. So yeah. yeah. How did you find a balance? How do you can maintain a balance? What does that look like for you? That is a good question. And I think there are a lot of layers to dive into with this one. <laughs> the first thing that comes to my heart when I'm, when this pops up is just in terms of what I believe your question is and what I would also call like toggling almost between the 3D and the 5D world um, is that it's very easy to get lost in either. And we are humans living on this planet together. So when people recognize that this is really just a dream that we're all living in. It can be really discombobulating to the body. And I am certainly not innocent in this ride called the spiritual awakening that we've had, you know, and it, it, it can get very jarring. So when I first realized how this world is just playing a game in this in this matrix, if you will, I don't even like calling it the matrix because I feel like it's so, um, it's, it's, it's so niche. It's so like confining in terms of what this world really and the universe is really about. But what I mean by that is that on this planet, so many people just wake up, move about life because of what they're told to do through deep conditioning, through ancestral realizations of suppression. And because we live in a world where we have to make ends meet, right? So that experience of realizing that there's so much suppression going on and why the suppression is going on and recognizing that none of it, none of it really matters. It's so intense to the mind, body, and spirit. And it's very easy to have this awakening. And when you have this awakening to be like, wanting to just like screw life in a lot of ways, you know, you just want to be like, you all are asleep and I'm awake and I'm very isolated. And it's, that's also a very real feeling. It's a very common experience and that can get really overwhelming. However, what I think a lot of people are recognizing because of these past few years in particular is that there's this compounded and expedited process of cleaning out the crap, if you will, right? Like there's so many individuals 
groups, collectives, institutions that are collapsing moment after moment after moment because it doesn't serve our purpose anymore. But when those collapses happen, it's making room for things that we actually really crave underneath in our heart. And so our ego is, and I mean the collective ego, experiences chaos as a result. And this chaos can get very overwhelming when people who are aware of the fact that this is just a dream and that there is this transition going into another universe, another realm, that, that why can't people see this? Why is this, why is this happening? Why, like people, people almost feel like, why can't people wake up quicker? It's like this rush, this, this desire. To which I say, like everybody on this planet is a spiritual being or a spiritual perception of who you are. So this toggle between wanting to experience just this 5D spirituality and also being in this very material plane, while we are all serving a purpose on this planet, is something that the mind just has a harder time catching up with than what our heart is truly embracing. Um, finding balance in that is really, really hard for a lot of people. Um, that's the backstory, I would say. And I believe that that is like where we're going with this. Uh, is there anything that you specifically want to cover or should I keep going? You can keep going. I'm curious um, just how you, like what your day-to-day -day looks like to allow for balance. I'm curious to compare our methods, that's all. <laughs> oh, okay, cool, we'll compare. Um, the first thing that I do wanna call out for everyone who's experiencing this is that there are a lot of groups out there that tend to fall into groupthink mentality. And we do as humans crave like-mindedness and that is okay. And at the same time, it's really important especially now to get comfortable being uncomfortable and having expanded conversations about things that you might not necessarily agree on on a fundamental basis because the real energy behind this is to break down fear and barriers out of love in order to create more of a conscious unity that that on this like heart level we are on this planet to really bring forth for future generations. So um, the biggest thing in this time of complete collapsing chaos, frenzies, and rebuilding of antiquated institutions so they are more aligned to our future, um, what do I want to call it? Like future values as a collective. The biggest approach that I, and most consistent approach that I've taken is for me, because I am super sensitive to my environments, waking up, recognizing how I am feeling head to toe, where I might be hurting, where I might be feeling really open, if I am feeling some sort of anxiety, and I will do as much as I possibly can to ground myself and it, the only reason why I say ground myself is because I tend to 
get very flighty and in my head. So to put my, to anchor in order to move about life is super important. I don't believe that we can authentically and clearly, and I mean clear-mindedly, go about life unless we are fully anchored. We, we tend to lose about 25% of our clear-mindedness when we are in a state of anxiety or when we are in a state of pain. It just happens. It's a study that had come out. Um, so anchoring. And then when, for me in particular, when I am moving through new ideas or new, con new concepts, new relationships, maybe a new process in my life, I try to follow that little spark of excitement because things can be super scary on the flip side, but to use that muscle, because it is just as much of a muscle as the physical body, to use that muscle of excitement in a place of like restriction constantly happening to try to keep us in the same plane is that that is the indicator. So finding that excitement and staying aligned can look like needing space. It can, it can also look like sticking in to where you are and being able to face conflict to move, to transmute it. It's, it, it depends on the circumstance, I would say, but staying aligned can be really, it is really important but it also is circumstantial. I feel like for me, what's helped me a lot because I used to have a really good morning ritual where I'd go outside, I'd do yoga, I'd meditate, I'd journal, like it was this beautiful thing. And now that I have moved and I don't have a backyard and it's just my scheduling is different, you know, things have changed and I haven't been as good about, well, I don't really have the same morning ritual. My morning ritual is very different now and not as mindful. It's more just like I make breakfast for my boyfriend and I, we like have a nice time. Like, you know, we just spend, it's like our time to spend together. And then once he leaves and I just start my day and <clears throat> I've been trying to integrate um, reflection and stuff more during the day. I take a walk every day. Um, sometimes up to like a two hour walk and that's my time to like reflect and meditate and stuff and then I can come back and start journaling but it's a bit more spread out and I think the approach that I've taken now is as long as I am operating from the understanding that I am I am the creator of my environment, as you're saying, like, this is a dream. This is literally a dream. And I am just living within this dream. Everything that I experience around me, everything I see, everything I'm drawn to, just as with a dream is very symbolic and somehow in alignment with me or revealing aspects of my subconscious. You know, when I start engaging with my environment and people even as different aspects of my conscious and subconscious mind and heart and soul, I'm able to stay connected to my heart because I'm approaching everything more from a state of compassion and understanding rather than feeling like I'm being attacked or I need to prove myself or something I've I'm already proven. Like there's nothing to prove. We're all the same 
person. You know, I feel like that has allowed me to better hit a balance. Cause even if I go into something that's more like business related or just around people that are like not even tuned into like spirituality or consciousness at all whatsoever, if I still approach them and the project as some deeper aspect of my subconscious, trying to learn about myself and learn about, um, I guess my desires or how I can grow through other people, it allows me to integrate all of the information I've gained through experience as well as stuff my soul knows as well as you know, be like an active member of society, I guess, without it having to be weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I so well said. It's, I love the part where you're talking about, you know, it, because everyone is a soul living this human experience, just it, it's an element of who you are, even if it's just wanting to get better with whatever you're doing. I mean, I, for me, I think just to add to that, the human experience, what are we doing if we're trying to stay on the same plane, right? This, and I mean, same plane, like same pattern, same, same, uh, without, without growing, without understanding more, without learning a little bit, like to not have, or to, to heal your body in a way, you know, like to not have a, like a, a dream, a destiny, or something to work towards, it leads a life of mundane abilities. And mundane can be really healthy for people. It can be. If it's coming from a place of compassion with self, as you said, or with compassion with others, because just your presence alone in a state of routine and simplicity can be really beautiful. There's a lot of... um, I think a lot of people are trying to work towards a softer way of living only because there's been so much intensity coming at everybody for such a long period of time. And, and truly the only way to have a softer life is by anchoring into your heart space and being able to appreciate that no matter what's in front of you, it's those are just simple objects. And I mean, people are objects, the, the, you know, you're, you just sipped on a cup of tea, right? Like that's just an object, but one person can look at that and be like, oh my God, this is nourishing my, my body, my mind, my soul. And another person can be like, oh my God, that's disgusting. I can't taste that flavor. Like I never again. And that can really hurt something in within you. Right. So if a person is saying, something from a place of gratitude or appreciation or that compassion to walk about life and to grow. And whenever you experience such triggers or pain points to recognize that those are the attachments that you have to said object is where there's opportunity to eliminate resistance within. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think also just adding more to the conversation. One thing I have noticed for me, because I had this really big epiphany about this, like, like really feeling and understanding that like I am God, like it was just this, it went deeper than it has. And I've spoken about it on my podcast and in my subscription. So I don't want to like express it too many times, but um 
once that happened, I was curious to see how as time progressed, I would continue like if an obstacle came in my way, how I would approach it because it was this like intense feeling of like, I literally see how everybody is me. Like we are literally like, this is literally a dream and I am creating it. And it was this like, just to a degree that I've never felt. And now that many months have gone by, what I have noticed is if, if I kind of fall out of tune with myself, if I get too wrapped up into the hustle and bustle of life, because as we were talking about before filming, I do too much. <laughs> I am doing all the things. and It's too much. So when I get too wrapped up in that, I naturally will kind of fall out of alignment if I'm not being mindful to care for myself and, you know, prioritize that kind of connection to my soul. Um, I don't know how I started that sentence or if I was done. I'm going to start a new sentence. <laughs> the I, like, yeah, I think the I am God thing is like, it can be deeply controversial mm. and really profound when people recognize yeah. all of these moments of reality. Can I ask, because I haven't heard, yeah what was that was it a moment for you in time or was it like a build-up of being like wait a second like it was it was kind of a build-up but it it was one thing that hit me I believe what it was is I was going to a gig somewhere in the mountains of like Orange County or something and so I was just driving through, it's like beautiful nature. And I was listening to Lana Del Rey and I had this thought, I think this is when it was, but I had this thought that was like, um, like you created that or like you created that for yourself or something like that. And then it kind of opened this whole thing where it's like, whoa, everything I listened to I created and then I started looking at the trees and it was like huh I wonder why I designed the trees that way and then it was like even the concept of restaurants like oh that's fascinating why would I create it in that way or like buildings like wow I came up with the plan you know it was just this very profound feeling of this all came from me and when I listen to something it's providing comfort because I created it for myself to find at a later point it was just this feeling of like being involved in the whole experience of life. And it was very beautiful and very intense. And as I started mindfully then kind of connecting to that, I started noticing that I would manifest things a lot quicker in the physical because I was directly like, there was a lot more ease, there was less resistance. It was just like, I can make whatever. And so then I make this, if I needed inspiration for something, then I would get inspiration. Like it, things would just happen in perfect timing. And as time has, has gone on and, you know, sometimes I'll get wrapped in my stuff that hasn't gone away. But what I do feel like is I, I've noticed, and I believe this stems from trauma, but I have this um, feeling of fear of being violated or fear of being attacked or something that seems to be the first sign that I'm imbalanced. Um, of just fear of some sort of external thing. And I've been challenged this year, like 
never before in my life. Like, and I feel like this has been happening for a lot of people. We were even talking about that earlier. I feel like this year has been so fucking intense and the things that I've been pushed to overcome has just been very big and very frequent. You know what I'm saying? That it's like, it's just all the band-aids are being ripped off at once and it's a lot. It's very rewarding, but it's very a lot. And especially right now, it's very easy to get thrown off with all of these things like ripping at you in all directions. So what I did on Sunday uh, my boyfriend and I rent our cars out um, and one of the, my car was rented out and I didn't want to just be sitting at home so I asked him to just drop me off at the beach um, and he's like well I won't be able to pick you up for like four or five hours and I was like that's fine I'm just gonna chill out and like have an adventure day and that's one of my favorite things to do like at the at the heart of my being my favorite thing is to just have a day without plans and just go with the flow and see where it takes me and see where I wander off to that is my favorite thing so on Sunday I did that I had a couple clients so I took them at the beach and it was so beautiful and I had a wonderful walk I forgot to put sunscreen on I got so sunburned but it was just so special and I feel like it has so deeply sewed me back into my body you know that like things are feeling good and I think the one self-care thing I need to do for myself per week is to just have one day where I do that for an extended period of time and the only way that forces me to do that because knowing me I'm just going to be like oh but I have all these projects let me just do this first and then I like my whole day is gone so I'm going to have my boyfriend drop me off somewhere for five hours every Sunday. That is my plan. Yeah, I love that. You're laughing, but I so admire you for doing that. Are you just going to go with your, like, whatever on that day you feel most inclined to be, like, a place that you feel inclined to be at and then go mm-hmm. from there? Oh, mm-hmm. my God. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. That is so I- cool. I packed myself some snacks and water. It's <laughs> just like, okay, just drop me off here and then I'll it's let like, you know. Can't getting dropped off at camp. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know where to get me. <laughs> That's so cool. And you know, um, it's actually the quickest way to manifest. It's like breaking routine and because there's nothing there that your your expectations are just totally relinquished because you're breaking your structure for the day and what you've essentially put out into the universe when you are in routine is that there's no like you don't need a different life right you don't need like Mm -hmm. you have everything you need because you created that right you made that decision you made that choice so when you suddenly decide on a on a whim and I'm saying that loosely because we actually decided that before right in another lifetime you're basically picking another timeline out of the blue and the and the that timeline suddenly has to get realized and then all the collapses between your structured life and the unstructured way that you are currently and presently in has to collapse somehow it has to come together has to integrate so the magic behind that is that more comes to life then you can logically process 
It's really, mm -hmm. it's a really beautiful thing that you're doing. I'm so proud of you. You are such a beautiful <laughs> soul. And I like, I feel so grateful, honestly, whenever we have oh. conversations, so I'm like, you're so inspiring. It just makes me I'm like, did I create you? <laughs> oh, thank you so much. That's so nice. <laughs> um, I definitely noticed because that's kind of what was behind me going back and forth between LA and Arizona last year because I needed to rip out of structure in order to like create this new path. Um, and lately, because there's been so moment, so much momentum building, I've been feeling called to do that, but I'm not going to go, I am not going to repeat that thing because that was a lot, but just something small like that is great. Yeah, spending the day somewhere. So you're not going to, you're not going to go back to Arizona. You're just going to like do these little things. Yeah, I'm not. That was, wait, I've got, well, with the, like, we're opening a coffee shop. There's too many yeah, things going on many. right now where I'm not about to go drive to Arizona every other week. <laughs> that was a lot. That was a beautiful time. And I'm glad I did that, but <laughs> I will not be repeating it anytime soon. That's really, you know, that's really interesting. I think that's why I feel so called in a lot of ways to be bi-coastal because it gives me, I have, I mean, I have this desire to have a couple of like mainstays that I'm at because I just, it feels right to me to have a place that I can call home. That is my version. My version of stable is a place that I can just like turn to and know that it exists in some way because I, I bought it. It's mine. Right. So I crave these couple or a few places that I could go to, but on a whim, as a result of that, be able to pick, pick up my bags and just go where, when I want to, because of that routine break, because it just feels refreshing to get into a new environment or just a, an environment that, you know, you're going to get a reprieve from the current energy that you're around. Um, I love that. You're yeah. inspiring me. Oh. <laughs> thank you I'm um, glad. <laughs> I was it was funny that you brought up your your fear because I was going to ask you in that realization of I am God what that what that also equates to is when we come back into this plane of the human like the very human experience it can be very um jarring in in a way I want a jolting is the word that I wanted to come back to because we still have you know as long as we're human and we're growing and we're evolving we still have these moments of or these lessons and these experiences that we feel that bring us to a place of like oh my god like this is that this is what I'm here to experience and learn in one can you give me one second my the, my dog is just I scared her. Yeah. Okay. So um my my fear that has always kept me in structure in the same environment is as ironic as this is, is the fear of death. And I have this innate understanding of the energy that we are and that on a conscious plane on this plane when we experience death in so many different ways we've talked about this before right like death of an institution like a collapse of something uh 
breaking of a bond in terms of a relationship in order to make room for different types of relationships, right? Based off of current values. The experience of identity shifts because your values change too, right? Like so many things end up happening on a micro level and a macro level, but the fear of death and the loss of this like physical being, especially with people that we're so tied to in different ways, scares, it scares me and, and it actually like hinders this momentum or it has in the past. And one of the things that came to fruition for me, which we were touching on a little bit was one of the people who represents close deafness is what I'm going to say, actually went to a place where I am pretty sure that they died for a little bit and came back. In that realization, it pushed me to a point where I was so suffocated by this idea of being at, of service for the other versus myself that I was catapulted to say no more to a certain, a certain handful of things, no more to the traditional corporate experience that I've had because those environments are so dog eat dog, at least the ones that I've been in. No more saying no to traveling when I want to, recognizing that at the end of the day, there are abundant resources when we verbalize our needs and when we sit in vulnerability and express them to the people that feel safe to us to express to. Like there's so much of that. And to recognize a certain level of restriction of are these the stories that you're wrapping your head around, right? The stories that I was wrapping my head around had so much to do with this idea of loss, but at the same time, I was losing myself. And I think that the biggest thing for me in that moment, one of the biggest things for me in that chapter that stuck with me is death is inevitable and we can fear it as much as we want to fear it but not living your life to the fullest due to the inevitability of death is equally scary. So what, what are you going to choose? What scared, what, what scary road are you going to pick? And um, yeah, that was one of those big moments for me. And it is a lesson because there's so many things in terms of re-identifiers for me that I've, that I've been faced with because I chose to face them, that there has been such a process of being okay with the present moment and not knowing what the future holds while understanding that you're holding on to this sensation of what your dreams are. You don't have to have like a full picture of what your goals are, but to have some something to work towards, whether it be a feeling or a vision or specific words because they they bring something to you like that is I think where this experience what this experience can be about at heart yeah I have hold on I've got new things coming in mind I want to write them down so I don't forget them okay <laughs> um hold on <clears throat> What is that purple bowl next to you? This? Yeah. 
This is my friend Lolly's candle. Oh, it's so cool. Lollipop culture or mindful healing touch. They make these incredible lavender candles that are delicious. It's so, so nice little plug. <laughs> <laughs> this is <laughs> this is, Lolly was actually on the podcast. Um this one is completely burned out, but I've been putting my little like oh there's a feather on it. Um, oh, if I cool. burn something, I put it in here. And then the cap, <laughs> the cap is over there, but this is kind of gross. When I'm done, when I get home, I get home late from gigs and I take my eyelashes off. This is where I put my <laughs> eyelashes, wow. but it looks nice. So it's over on the side. <laughs> so not only is it a candle, it is now a Palo Santo holder and an eyelash container. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Three things for the price of one and you can have it too. <laughs> Um, okay. So my question, one of my questions for you. So now that you've made this realization, as you go about your day, obviously with something that's such a deep rooted fear, naturally we are going to, there are things that come up that subconsciously we may take a path to avoid the fear rather than straight on, like, you know, how, how do you implement mindfulness in order to ensure that your subconscious is not taking you to an area that makes you avoid it? Like, how do you bridge that communication? Mm. That's a really good question. <laughs> that is a really good question. I love that because I to have noticed maybe a little bit with myself in the past and less so now than before, but um, this bypassing of hardship. However, the one thing that I can absolutely guarantee that everybody is going to experience is that the more that you bypass something, the more those lessons are going to pop up in different ways until you fucking face them. <laughs> and it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks the more that the more that you avoid it. And one moment, it's just going to come crashing down and you can either take it or like, or not, but good luck not experiencing that same undercurrent of energy in another situation going forward. So yeah, I would say I avoided a lot of it. I would make excuses about death and like not living my life to the fullest because of this fear of losing another person um, for a very long time. And it was killing me on the inside, absolutely killing me. So now that I see things with a new lens, I would say two things. There is so much power in vulnerability. As scary as vulnerability is, what's scarier is not being able to be embraced for your truth and finding the people that will embrace you and the environments that will embrace you for your truth. It doesn't mean that the, per the person or the representation of your emotions won't come around to whatever your truth and vice versa. But what it does mean is that being able to fully express yourself is, is the ability to fully create for yourself. 
Um, and I would say that that is part of the process of being compassionate. It's never necessarily what you say, it's how it's said. So practicing, practicing, studying, I would even say what the, the true emotions are that are attached to an objective truth is key in order to transmute and not necessarily bypass. And it is so scary to suddenly sit somebody down or face an environment and have a conversation. But if you really don't want something in your life anymore as it is, it is so important to be able to verbalize these things in a safe space. So there's that element. And then there's the element of being able to sit with emotions and anchor yourself and do the grounding work, whatever that might look like that to, to you. And, you know, I like that you were saying before that you used to have a morning routine. The morning routine has drastically changed, but there's this ability, number one, to break routine so you can be with yourself every now and then, because that does quicken the process of flow and calling in what you need and crave in your life. And those present moments throughout the day of integration is just as powerful. It just depends on where your what your mood is and what you're what you're able to do throughout your life because you are very busy. But going back to this whole this whole conversation, this whole question, I would say that there are times where it's okay to not confront said situation because it can be more catastrophic than not, but to be able to communicate it to people who you do feel safe with. So that way you can find safety and groundedness is what is equally meant in that way. So wherever that safety is to at least practice, maybe until you build up the courage or you know that that person is in the right state of mind to be able to have those conversations or not. It's like, that is where true transmutation happens of something. So did I bypass in the past? Yeah, I would avoid the, I would avoid those conversations or moving mountains for my own self because of this fear. And I never really truly spoke about it because I was more afraid of the consequences of what that would mean for the person that I was afraid of losing than, than not. So I would talk about it and I would complain and then I would stay the same. And that was really devastating. And that's honestly where I experienced a lot of like bloating and inflammation. And I don't need like, you know, it's like you really do experience physical ailments around misaligned head-centered decisions versus heart-centered decisions. So that was great. I was going to, you made a, a note, which is something that I was thinking as well. Um, so, okay. My daily walks are very important to me. That's when I like really kind of assess where I am, where I want to go, how to get there. Like that's my magic time. And <clears throat> I want to say maybe, oh, when was it? Maybe like a month or two ago, maybe like two months ago, I was walking back from the grocery store and there I'm in, I'm I'm in Hollywood. There's crazy people. 
<laughs> there are some very interesting people here. <laughs> Hollywood. So I was coming back from the grocery store and there was this man uh, standing in the middle of the sidewalk. And typically I kind of over push myself sometimes and it's like okay if something makes me uncomfortable then I'm just gonna go to that side of the street and confront my discomfort Mm -hmm. so I did that (laughs) and this man started to pretend to take pictures of me like with his hands you Mm -hmm. know and I was like okay and he (laughs) I don't remember what he had said but he was saying something about like oh that I'm modeling for him or something And then he looked at my tattoo and was like, oh, that's a cool tattoo. Do you have any more tattoos? And he started circling me and was getting really close to me. And my hands were full of groceries. So I was really uncomfortable. And I was like, don't panic, like stay in control of this situation. I have a tattoo behind my ear, which he saw. And he came up and went to smell my (laughs) ear. So naturally I jerked away and was like uh please don't do that I'm so sorry I have to go have a good rest of your day you know I tried to remain light and positive oh no he was I was like oh I'm sorry I have to go and he's like oh where are you going can I join you and I said no I'm dropping these off at my friend's house I have to go have a good one see you later so I left and it just it was highly uncomfortable oh I forgot he had grabbed my arms after he saw my tattoo he grabbed my arms and was like trying to like look for stuff he was like physically touching my skin looking for things and it just the whole thing was it was not it was not fun it was not an enjoyable experience and I was like Amber why would you do that you were walking and you felt this sign that was like hey don't go over here and rather than listening to it you're like oh well, it seems that something needs to move. So let me just go confront it. And you had stated how you don't always have to go into the storm in order to resolve something. And I think that was a very powerful moment for me where it was a sign of something not right that was being expressed to me. And I think that was more rather than putting myself in a place of danger, (laughs) I think it would have been better to reflect upon what that discomfort was rather than directly facing it. So that was a very good lesson, especially when it comes with other people. If something's clearly not right, perhaps don't step into the storm, but you can look at it as perhaps there's a part of my subconscious out of alignment that I need to work on. I'm like I'm like Amber there's a reason why we have these things called instincts (laughs) this something doesn't smell right kind of you know but with me I'm like oh I wonder why why is this wrong let me go fix it (laughs) um but I had this very profound epiphany a couple days ago actually Um, I was on my walk and like I said before, a big fear of mine is um, feeling like this sense of being violated or something, which is why I did that because I was trying to confront the issue, but I've since learned better. (laughs) And as I was on my walk, what tends to happen is I'll randomly get this feeling of like, I I do have... um, 
slight OCD from PTSD. So there will be things like behaviors that I would do where it's like, oh, don't grab that because something bad will happen. So then I grab something else because it's like subconsciously, I feel like I'm taking control of the situation, which I'm not. And that's something that I've been correcting. Um, I've actually corrected that. I don't have that issue at all. But when I'm walking, if something does feel, if I am getting some sort of weird energy somewhere, well, it doesn't happen with objects. The only time it happens now is when I'm walking. So if I feel something weird, if I'm not sure if it's just a subconscious thing being projected or if there's actually some sort of danger, I'll just immediately kind of avoid it and go somewhere else. I've been trying to just continue forth just to see what will happen because I'm still kind of trying to test and understand obviously if somebody's there I'm no longer gonna do that but if it's it's empty I'll just go um <laughs> oh man last week no it was a couple weeks ago I was running at night mm-hmm. I took my pepper spray with me mm-hmm. and I got this bad feeling but I was like, oh, let me just move through it. Let me just go run. Oh. I tripped. I fell on my pepper spray. Oh. I like, I tripped. I was bleeding and I pepper sprayed myself because my pepper spray exploded. In my- oh my God. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've been learning that I've been learning how like to deeply differentiate between what is a subconscious projection of fear and what is actually something weird. But at the same time, I've also been noticing that when I feel something uncomfortable, my body starts getting stumbly. So I also, yeah. When you're feeling something uncomfortable, like the, the, I need to actually avoid this uncomfortable or like uncomfortable about past patterns that you're trying to work through. um like if I'm getting a weird energy like if I'm walking and I feel some sort of weird energy or I feel like something's not right mm-hmm. um my body will immediately I'm very clumsy and what I have noticed is when I'm off off balance energetically I'll start stumbling or like hitting myself on things that's my number one thing to be like okay we're off I need to come reground so whenever I feel an off energy my point of trying to move through it or like face it, I notice that my body starts to display signs of unease mm-hmm. and can sometimes cause something to happen. So I'm trying to kind of figure out what is actually danger. What is me perceiving there's danger and me creating danger for myself in response to it? And what is just purely fear? What? That That was crazy. Okay. Um, (laughs) It was like lights out. (laughs) And see. No, I I actually wanted to um, ask you, for you, how does... How does that show up differently for you? Aside from the clumsiness and like, and recognizing like, oh, something might not feel right. Like what is the not feel right showing up as, I think the battery ran out. That's fun. Um, I, what is that showing up as for you in your side? In my body? It, yeah. it usually it just feels gross. Like I might feel a little bit irritable or just, just like something just doesn't feel right. It just feels gross. If it 
is usually me projecting fear, then I'll get anxious. Mm -hmm. But what I'm trying to get a better handle on is like the order because it happens so quickly. So is it, I'm feeling anxious, then my body starts responding or is my body responding to something intuitively? And then I get anxious in response to it because it's such a fast boom. boom. I'm trying to be able to catch that sooner to understand what's going on, which is why my walking is so powerful because then if I feel uncomfortable, I can immediately kind of assess what's going on. Um, and what I've been trying to do is when I, because I've noticed that when I'm going down a path that's uncomfortable and I start getting all clumsy and I may cause something to go wrong, um, I'm trying to actively transmute the energy by really embodying like love and happiness and peace or something like that when I'm feeling that discomfort to transmute it. And then usually when I'm able to successfully do that, I don't have anything happen. The energy feels a lot better and everything's good. Mm. What had happened when I was jogging, when I fell and I felt that uncomfortable energy, I felt that uncomfortable energy. I proceeded forth. There was a car that was moving slow and then they kind of turned around and were going um, we're driving slow next to me. So I was scared that I was being followed. So I was already feeling slightly heightened. Something in my environment, I projected to be the fear or the danger that I was feeling, which then kind of caused me to spiral, which then caused me to fall, which then caused me to bleed, which then caused me to pepper spray myself. <laughs> so I've been trying to um, get a better handle on that. And what I noticed the other day is I was walking, I felt uncomfortable, and I immediately started to cross the street. However, with the specific type of discomfort I was feeling, I knew it was strictly anxiety. It was not actually intuitive at all whatsoever, but my body was responding immediately. And my brain was like, wait a second, why is my body immediately responding to this feeling because this feeling is is definitely not intuitive and I realized that which is normal for all of us the way that we go and follow subconscious patterns is when there's some sort of trigger it can be very subtle but because it's subconscious and our body is just kind of working you know and it's how it works it'll just start avoiding things and like doing things without us even realizing it like our bodies just start going down the path that we know is safest you know and I was able to pinpoint like, wait, nope, stop legs. But my legs kept going. It was this very weird feeling of feeling separated from my body. So then I literally went back to the sidewalk and continued down the path I was on. And I was doing it again. And I kind of started realizing that that happens a lot where if there's something that if my, if I'm thinking about something or my mind is kind of more preoccupied and there's a situation happening around me, my body will just naturally maneuver around it. But the way that it maneuvers is directly reflecting these subconscious patterns that I no longer want to be like operating at, you know? So I've been very mindful of how I am walking and the paths that I have, that I physically take while walking, which is like almost helping correct my subconscious behavior. It's very interesting. That is really cool. Have, do you ever, aside from the walking experiences, do you ever notice even if you're in one environment, but maybe the people around you change, do you ever notice postural shifts that impact your, um, that impact your uh, 
with people around me it's my posture changes yeah like it, it like let's say you are in a steady place in and in, in one area and the environment is changing do you ever notice that that same sort of experience happens but maybe in a in a different part of your body or in a posture change or something yeah so one thing that happens a lot is when I feel in danger, I tend to curl my shoulders and cave into my body, which was how my posture was for a long time. After healing, I've been uh, better about coming out, but that's actually something that I've been actively working on. In moments where I feel uncomfortable, I really force myself to maintain a chest open um, state, you know, which um, helps a lot. It's very interesting because I feel like when I'm around people, I'm a lot more self-aware. I'm more like aware of how I'm carrying myself, what I'm doing, how I'm speaking. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm kind of aware of many parts of me. When I'm walking, my brain and body are in two different places. And that's where I start seeing the moments of disconnect. Because I feel like in my day-to-day, -day, I will very easily overlook them because I'm more mindfully engaged. Yeah, I was going to say, is it because you're more in a transcendental state when you're walking? Yeah, that seems, that seems fair. It makes sense. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, it was a very interesting thing. So I'm going to try to, I'm practicing it to see what kind of effect it would have. Because I feel like at this point, like I said, I understand I'm still at this thing though, where it's like, if something is pointing to danger, I'm still creating that for myself. So is it actually dangerous? But then that gets like screwy because then, you know what I'm saying? So I'm still trying to really work that out. It feels like a bit of a, it's a bit of an experiment right now, but I do feel like, real seeker. <laughs> but I do feel like I'm getting a lot more clarity. Um, I'm getting a lot more clarity on it. I also feel like when you make eye contact with somebody that makes you uncomfortable, you really take power back a little bit. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Because typically if somebody's trying to overpower or if somebody's not in a good state and they're like shoving people down with them, people won't are scared of them. They're cowarding away. Whereas if you're holding love and just kind of like walking by and make eye contact or like smile or, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it throws it off a little bit. That is such a powerful tool that I don't think is spoken about often enough. We talk about those sensations of when we feel uncomfortable, what we do. And I feel like that is much more of a frequent conversation, but I don't hear as frequently what the position would look like if you were so aware that you might be starting to cage up what would happen if you did make that eye contact if you did open your chest up a little bit if you put your hands to your side or did one of those power poses with your hands mm -hmm. on your hips instead like those subtle differences make such a such an impact on any relational experience that you have with either self or perceived other um what does eye contact mean to you what do you mean because it is such a powerful modality eye contact move skirting away what mm. it, it it has depth and I'm curious what it means to you 
So what's interesting actually is with my eyes, whenever I'm like spiritually in tune, I've always gotten this thing where I feel like everything around me is glowing. There's this glow to everything. And when I was a kid, um, I always felt I had this thing where it was like, oh, when I become spiritually enlightened, when I'm older, my eyes are just going to get like gold colored, like they're going to change colors. And what's interesting is, is my eyes when I was a kid were dark brown. And now mm-hmm. I don't know if you can see them, but they're like, oh, they're like a gold color now. Yeah. So they've drastically changed color. And it almost feels like it reflects how I see things because it's like literally everything is just like glowing golden. So if I make eye contact with somebody, it almost feels like there's this exchange of light or love. It's it's almost like this feeling of um it's almost like the meaning of namaste or something like that, you know, where it's just like I see you, I honor you, I respect you. Like it's just this this moment of recognition. Mm-hmm. you know I'm not sure mm-hmm. um I do stare a lot and I have like I can be like weird with eye contact like I, I, there's something I've always had this like weird obsession with eyes and like staring because I feel like there's this very intense energetic exchange that happens mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so I'm definitely have always kind of utilized that where if you like look at somebody and smile or like there's there's something there you know it's very um it strips you away of anything that you're putting walls up against, right? Because mm-hmm. somebody's looking directly at you. It's it's the it's the place that most people process th- what is perceived external, right? So it is to your point that light information coming into the brain. So all light is information. And when that information is being shared and fed into the neurological systems, all of a sudden it tells us everything that we need in a moment's time, whether it be suboptimal feelings or whether it be that pure glowing light, you know, it can be a very real intense moment in time for people who don't strip themselves of those layers often. So sharing that eye contact, all of a sudden, it tells you so much more than the logical mind can ever truly process in a moment. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I think there's so much truth to the eyes are the window of the soul. You see so much in somebody just by holding that eye contact. And I need to get better at that in uncomfortable moments. And now I'm like, oh, this is a good goal. I, I like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really like, especially like in dance, because there are moments, especially when you're dancing with somebody that you have to, there are a lot of people that will not make eye contact, but I'm like one of those weirdos that's like, let's just stare at each other. I Wait, just really, you know, I really love, huh? In dance, like people mm-hmm. are, that's so weird. Like it's not weird. It's like weird to me to not to think that professional dancers also struggle with that because you're so most dancers are just so in their body and being able to move and groove. And that can be very, um, 
that can be equally like stripping of these walls, right? It depends on the type of dance. What I've noticed is for people that do like contemporary improv, there are exercises where you do stare at each other's eyes for a significant amount of time and do things. So there's naturally a breaking of that barrier and like contemporary modern dance and that stuff. Um, specifically in Latin dance, there's not so much that. And I feel like it's more because there's like, yes, we are dancing, but it's a lot more like social, like it's, it's, it's very different. Contemporary and modern are like naturally in their nature, looking to break our understanding of structure and like what is this what are who are we what you know what I'm saying it's like a bit more spiritual whereas Latin dance is typically like um like two people sometimes a man and a woman or it can be a same sex or whoever you know but it's it can be more like sensual and like you know and because I'm not sure what it is about it but I feel like people tend to have walls up more it's it's not as deeply grounding to each other's bodies as like contemporary improv is that is the antithesis of what I thought you would say yeah and there are some people that are very much willing to because I'm very social when I dance like I like like looking at people and laughing and sorry there's a loud truck backing up um and I always get kind of sad like when people don't meet that or when they like kind of look and then look away and it's just like let's just be uncomfortable like you know and even if I'm dancing for people if if I have like a solo and I have to dance with the audience or I'm going around and like I like I really like engaging people and like having a moment and like let's enjoy this I don't like the idea of me just putting on a show and like I just there's something about that that I don't like I really enjoy having like the audience being part of the show and really like having an honest human moment you know right right oh I thought there was my <laughs> no that's awesome <laughs> <I'm dead. laughs> that's amazing um I think yeah you know in my head I was like contemporary to me in my eyes in my non-dancing experience it would be the one that would be with less eye contact than something as intimate as and I'm using a big umbrella term Latin dancing right like it just I don't know it seems like the polar opposite <laughs> yeah no it's very interesting I think I feel like and this isn't with everybody but I feel like for most people for Latin dance because it is so social and like I mean, if you're working with the same partner for a long time, then that's different. But if you're like with me with different companies, you're dancing with different people all the time, you do create bonds with people and it becomes like you become a family and there are moments of connection. But for the most part, I don't feel like you have an opportunity to be that vulnerable with them mm -hmm. in order to like really feel like, you know what I'm saying? Unless mm -hmm. again, you're working with them constantly for like a competition or something. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the world of dance is like, I'm so in awe of everyone that does it, but you, I don't know, I guess everyone has their own, their own lessons, their own moments of vulnerability, their own experiences of, of, uh, connection and mm -hmm. 
in my eyes, I'm like, if, if you're a dancer, you have like, you have to be raw, right. In all ways. And I'm like, cause you're so exposed. You're using your body as your main tool. I'm like, it's it, to rationalize that is a really not everybody a lot of people use it more as like an alter ego and they aren't fully present in the experience of it Mm -hmm. which is those people that feel uncomfortable making eye contact because their mind and brain are kind of elsewhere and they're just kind of playing a character so if you're looking at them there's a vulnerability there because it's almost like calling in their true essence back mm. into their body, which is not really who they're integrating. Mm, okay. That's a good point. Yeah. Performance and the alter ego mentality of being like, I'm taking on a character. Yeah. It- and I feel like you can take on a character and like dance, but, or, and make eye contact, but there's a difference between like just doing and actually being present in the character, like actually applying yourself to them. You know what I'm saying? It's so funny because in a way, this is this is like the spiritual bypassing experience, right? Like mm-hmm. to be to not be present with the plane that you are in because you're taking on your maybe there are the walls up, maybe there's some sort of like experience that you're not willing to face. And and dance can be so cathartic if if you surrender to that process in its entirety. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love dance. It's so, it's so good. It's the same thing with my walks where like, if I'm dancing and I'm feeling uncomfortable, like there's something for me to actively work, work through in the moment, you know? Uh, Yeah. I love dance a lot. One thing that I realized in, in, in our conversation or that I want to kind of clarify, this is backtracking to, um, what we were talking earlier about some situations you don't need to actively just jump into the storm with. And I feel like now that I've become more clear on like representations of like discomfort or like, you know what I'm saying? Like now that I feel like I'm starting to, um, I guess, graduate from that level of, um, operating or whatever you know where it's like if I'm in an uncomfortable situation I know I have the power to kind of take command or I kind of am seeing how I am letting it take over or letting it narrate the story or you know now that I'm starting to kind of see that and understand how I can um to take power back and not be at the mercy or allow something to dictate the chain of events Mm-hmm. I feel like moving forward, I don't need to even engage in things like that because it's like old news. I've already been there, done that. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important because I feel like with me, with well, with me personally, I'm I'm very obsessed about like evolution or self-growth expansion. You know, like I always want to keep improving. And I know for people that overthink a lot too, sometimes it's easy to go too far into processing where you're just doing too much and you're not actively growing because you're just going deeper into the hole and you've already done enough. It's like, you're good. You can stop. But you're like, no, there's more here. And it's like, no, really, you're fine. Um, And I think that's been the situation that happened with that dude kind of allowed me to see that like there are aspects here like yes you learned a lot from this experience but now moving forward you know that you have the tools to 
stay grounded and calm in a situation that is highly uncomfortable you can mm-hmm. see now how your body may start to allow something or somebody else to dictate the story you can make that connection and then pull out of it now um so now you don't have to put yourself in a situation like that like let's not do that again you know what I'm saying because Mm -hmm. I understand and so now moving forward if there is a time of discomfort it's like I already know it's like a side quest I don't need to go down that side quest I'm good like I've already done it I'm fine you know I think that's such a good point it's like um there's a neurologist who also is a, I guess so, personal development coach that, I forget, is it James Quick? It might be James Quick that I, that I follow. He talks about, it's like, at what point do you observe the feelings of discomfort versus just take action? Or at what point do you acknowledge and understand the why and, and then take action? It, there's this balance between the studying and the the pursuit of studying to better understand self, the philosophical ways of being in life versus the actual action, because we are here on this planet to take action, to actually do things. So to to study can be the pursuit of of a person who is a philosopher, but maybe the philosopher who is who is studying and studying and studying takes action because they write a dissertation that then becomes something more well known. That is the action behind all of the studying, right? There's that element, but but man, there has to be a balance between the process of the process of the studying or the analyzing and then the action behind it because without both like it can be a very distracting road to take or a lane to take off of your main intentions like what Mm -hmm. is what is the real why behind all that yeah no that's a great point and I think one one powerful thing is um and I've been talking about this a lot lately but kind of creating your ideal self what your ideal future who your ideal self is that lives there and making decisions that they would make. So like if you are posed an opportunity or if there's some sort of conflict, is it really worth your time investing? Is there something that needs to be neutralized? Is there something to gain from it? Or is it something that you just need to kind of keep moving? It's just kind of a weird little hiccup. Maybe you were feeling a little funky a couple hours ago and it's just manifested as this and that's all that needs to happen and you just have to keep going down. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think being able to recognize that is very important and it can be very difficult at the same time, but I think that's where you have to really listen to your intuition, you know, and kind of assess what your heart's telling you. Absolutely. I love that. I have one more thing I would like to ask you before we go. Um, you can ask me five more things. (laughs) (laughs) what so how do you balance this is something that one of my subscribers wanted me to talk about so I'm gonna talk about it now if you were to go to a party let's say and people are going crazy with drugs and alcohol (laughs) and you are invited to join and there's like just a bunch of stuff that perhaps are not good for you like there's a bunch of like super 
unhealthy processed foods. And it's just like, a, it's just all of the things at one place. Mm-hmm. How do you navigate that? Because I feel like there is with when people start diving into spirituality, some people get very hyper, like, no, alcohol is bad. This is bad. This is bad. This is, I can't do that. And then they, you know, how do you find a balance between honoring your values and living in life? Oh my God. Is this not my story in a nutshell? Like (laughs) (laughs) when I first studied holistic health and I got certified, I came out of that seminar or not these seminars, the whole, the whole course. And I saw the world as dangerous in a way, like the way that we live is dangerous, toxic, polluted, mucked up. And every, as a result of that, everything around us is just a death sentence. And that can be so detrimental to the, to your life. And um, so I would say that there's going to be a process of experiencing these sensations of like, don't, doesn't the rest of the world see like how, how dangerous certain things are and, um, and what that can do to impact your spirit, your soul, your, your physical health, like, and how the physical health ties into all of these things. Like there's so much on that, but as my mentor says, and now what I share with everyone is I would rather somebody be grateful to eat a goddamn Snickers bar than ungrateful for a pot of vegetables and fruit because it might not be what you're craving in the moment. Because if you are truly grateful without the consequence, like even understanding what it is, but not really worried about the consequences of it, but you're so in the moment and you're like this is the best freaking Snickers bar of my life, right? Your body is going to be able to move that through easily. Now, I'm not saying indulge all the time, right? We have this balance of needing to actually nourish our bodies with things that actually have life force in it. But a piece of indulging in life is about being able to experience it all. And if that requires you going to a party, because you want to, so whatever your story is, you want to socialize, you want to, you know, you want to dance, you want to get out because you had a tough week of work, whatever that is, you're always going to experience the good and the bad in a, in an environment, you know, but where your focus goes is where the energy is. So if you're going to be focused on the stimulation of everything is toxic, that's actually going to create indigestion and more backup and build up and, and crud in your body and your physical self too, than being able to be like, I am here now and I am, I am embracing this experience for what it is. And if it's too much to handle still, you have every right to get into an environment that, that you feel like you can fully integrate yourself in. It's always, things like that are always going to exist because it's part of the human experience. We have a hedonistic side to us and it's, a, and to find appreciation in that, even if people don't have those same values, is still going to create connection because that is an element of who you are or 
You're going to find people who share your values because you continuously say no to them. And then you might find other people down the road or other groups and other events down the road that lead you to a more aligned experience of fun, of hedonism, of joy. Yeah, that's great. I think expectation is a big thing. Um, oh, if we <laughs> expect something to damage our bodies, it's going to damage us. We're going to be anxious about it. Like even if it itself is not dangerous, the anxiety and stress that we experience and the like, it's almost like a placebo effect. You know what I'm saying? We are going to create something wrong because we are expecting something to be wrong. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And I feel like, obviously, if you are not caring for your body, there will be signs that come up, you will know, but that's why you have to work in collaboration with your body. There's nothing wrong with like doing something like having a glass of wine or something here and there, you know, if that tickles your fancy, like that's fine. Um, I think working with your body and allowing your body to, um, yeah, just experience life fully, but also being mindful if it's, I love coffee, but it's very clear to me at this point in my life that my body doesn't like it as much as my teeth buds do. It just really argues with it, you know? So if I go a week really caring for my body, then my body's like, sure, let's have a cup of coffee and things are fantastic, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it's just, there needs to be, definitely needs to be a balance. Definitely, it's about, definitely needs to be a balance and you do the best you can. Give yourself the opportunity to be like, I am doing the best I can. And if it still feels like there is something that's misaligned, like it might be your, your soul saying that it's time for a change, change of yeah. environment, change of connection, right? Like it's get, giving yourself the grace of being able to compassionately make change around whatever's perception you might have in the moment yeah I think since last year honestly I feel like life has been a really big experiment right now I've been experimenting like implementing many different things and just kind of seeing it's like well if I fully surrender to this what's going to happen or if I fully do this what what'll happen you know and it's been so valuable and I think that's something that I've always been scared of because it's like oh no well what if this happens or oh no what if that happens or oh no you know but as we were talking about earlier that fear is so isolating and it prevents you from going anywhere in order to learn in order to grow you have to go into new territory and I feel like if you're able to have some sort of thing to fall back on for me it's been this feeling that like the universe always has my back and that has expanded into this beautiful thing of like I really feel like we're all the same person and like you know um that driving thing of just being like well fuck it I'm just gonna surrender to that what's the worst that can happen nothing because that's what my belief is and I've seen proof of it you know so it's really allowed me to explore and like really dive deep into like the gross leftover bits of my inner being that you know what I'm saying that are ready to kind of go it's very powerful but I think you have to give yourself the opportunity to try so good so good so much juice in this <laughs> this was fun well is there anything else before we go I feel like we covered a lot and yes, there's always going to be more that we can talk about because we can talk each other's ears off, but maybe that just means we'll have to do an episode again together. Well, we should. This was good. This mm -hmm. felt like very gentle, but like very 
this is fun. Yes, agreed. Yay! All right, Ben. Wait, I feel like there's one more thing. Hold on. What are 10 simple things that bring you joy? Go. <laughs> oh, I like this. Spitfire. Okay. Well, speaking of coffee, my bulletproof coffee in the morning, like it is my ritual. I say, I love you into it. It gives me nourishment and I'm, I'm just, it just brings me so much love. Um, another thing I am obsessed with love Island right now. It just <laughs> so much fun. It is a marathon. It is not a sprint. And I find it to be a really fascinating experiment because it takes people out of like the immediate sex culture that we're in. And while it does hypersexualize a lot of elements of the human experience, it, it fundamentally makes people uncomfortable and forces people into like hard conversations. So I like watching people's walls come down to me. I'm like rooting for the underdog all the time. And I'm like, yeah, go like, it, it's just such a good show. Anyway, love the phenomena there. Um, I would say I love the fact that I am, I have so many quality friendships that transcend time and space and location and all that jazz because it gives me this sense of like, oh, this is like, these are my people, you know, it just, it's, it's quality conversation. It's quality growth. It's quality realizations all the time. And just like pure love and, and understanding with nominal judgment. And I'm like, damn, that says I'm, it makes me reflect on myself. And I'm like, I'm really proud of who I am as a result of the people who I attract. Um, I am very proud of the sessions and the people who I bring into my sessions for human design and then also personal development, nutritional growth. It's, it's, um, I, as I said, I like rooting for the underdog and to see people blossom is like the best. Um, I don't know what number I'm at. Four. <laughs> oh my God. Only four. Okay. I love cooking. Cooking is a form of creative expression <laughs> for me. I love the fact that I, there is public transportation because it allows me to multitask and sit back and also like explore new environments all the time. I am grateful for seeing hardships because the hardships help me realize all of the beauty that life offers and how freaking resilient people are like so badass. I am equally grateful for opposing conversations and viewpoints because I do believe that that actually makes what the planet is today and that we all have a voice. Again, there are a lot of hard moments in life, a lot of really brutal wake-up calls and people who represent the darkness that is in the totality, but I do believe that that is a piece of us no matter what. Um, am I at six or seven? Um, you're at eight. Oh, cool. I, am obsessed. I think I'm counting these right. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am obsessed with, um, obsessed with harvesting fruits and vegetables. Like I do it often because I feel like it takes like so much time to like watch something grow from the dirt. And you're like suddenly seeing it come to life and you're like, I birthed you. I made you so like it's you're, you're that much tastier because you're coming from my like my garden womb 
And then, <laughs> and then honestly, like as superficial as it sounds, I love going and getting my nails done and having my like ability as like, as often as I can do nail art on my nails. Like I always get them done in a really fancy, fun That's way. Fun. And why do I like doing that? It's my indulgence in my clothing in a way. Mm -hmm. I love, like, to me, it helps me show up with more confidence. It's an extension of who I am. And when I have my nails on and I feel like that, I'm feeling good and I'm able to like rock whatever I'm doing. So yeah, those are my 10. I love it. Thanks for sharing. Hey, that was a good I want to, I want to do it now. (laughs) (laughs) Do it. Okay. I, um, really love the wind. The wind is my favorite. It's very soothing for me. Um, right now I'm grateful for nose breathing. I have really bad allergies. So my sinuses are always clogged up. So I like breathe from my mouth and my nose, like, you know, back and forth. And I found this lady on Instagram who was talking about how important nose breathing is. And I didn't even realize, like, if you're a kid and you mouth breathe, you're your palate won't grow wide enough. Like it completely changes your mouth development, your nose development, your, it can cause allergies, make allergies worse. Like there are uh, TMJ issues. There are, there's so many things Mm -hmm. that can go wrong with mouth breathing. It is fascinating. Mm -hmm. So I've been really forcing myself to just breathe through my nose and like, I've been mindful of the pressure of my tongue against the roof of my mouth. And that's helped me sleep better. Um, it's just hard because my sinuses are so full, but right now I'm grateful for this new venture into <laughs> this is solely venture into the nostrils. <laughs> um, I've had this newfound appreciation for my period hmm. menstruating, which has been interesting. Um, yeah, it's been very beautiful because I had a good relationship with it. It kind of fell off. Usually when my body's off, I'll get really bad cramps that happened. I had like a bit of a backfall, but then this period has been wonderful and I it's been nice. Um, I'm grateful for the moon because um, I feel like the moon's energy is just so, it just feels so nice. I love the moon. I love going outside at night. I'm grateful for little insects and um animals outside really like insects (laughs) I'm grateful (laughs) I'm grateful for I really like dried like dead flowers there's just um I just really love them I've like dried or dead roses everywhere I love dried flowers um I'm grateful for coffee when I can (laughs) when my body allows me to have it but when I cannot I'm grateful for tea because I just like warm drinks I really enjoy tea I'm grateful for dance I love dance very much and I'm grateful for my body for allowing me to partake in all of that that was good (laughs) what a fun note to end All right, my friends. Well, thanks for chatting with me. I feel like this was this was definitely good, and it allowed me to like clarify thoughts in my head. This is helpful. Same to you. Like honestly, so inspiring. I'm like, I'm gonna go out and break routine right now. Yeah, do it. (laughs) Love you. I'll talk to you. Talk to you soon.
yeah i'll talk to you soon thank you friend i love you i'll talk to you soon My friend, thank you so, so much for coming on. This was such a joy. It was so good to chat again. You are such a light and I just, ah, there are certain friendships that just fill your soul with happiness and gratitude and this is one of those friendships. I love that we can just pick each other's brains on so many things. I am so appreciative that you're so open about stuff. This is just you. I just love you. (laughs) I just love you. That's all. (laughs) All right, my friends. Thank you so much for joining. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. I hope you got something out of the conversation. I will see you very soon. Thank you so much for listening to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. To learn more about me, my work, and such, you can visit channelwithamber.com or follow me on Instagram at channelwithamber. A special thank you to Unicorn Heads for my theme song, A Mystical Experience. See you next time.